Welcome to Books and Beyond with your host, Alison. Join us for half an hour of information, entertainment, reading recommendations and beyond. Brought to you by Auckland Libraries. I know this girl and she works in a library No, my haere mai, kia ora and welcome to Books and Beyond with Alison and Inika. Look, we've got a really special guest in the studio today, the writer, filmmaker and Fulbright scholar, Ghazale Golbaksh. Kia ora, Ghazale. Kia ora, ora. thank you for having me. It's so good to have you here. Um, Now, uh, Ghazale's just released a book of essays and it's called The Girl from Revolution Road. It's um, published by Alan and Unwin. And I just want to say congratulations. It's such a beautiful book. Uh, the cover is so eye-catching, isn't it? Um, I must admit, I was walking down Ponsonby Road and I saw it in, through the window of the women's bookshop. And it really, you know, it just really jumps out at you. Thank you. Yeah, it was great fun because um, I worked with the freelance graphic designer through Ellen Unwin mm-hmm. and we gave her some ideas um, and she just came back immediately with this one. And um, and everyone loved it, and I even had to check with the flatmates because you just never know if it's just you. Yeah. Um, but I, I loved it, and I was glad I didn't have to put myself on the cover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wanted something kind of um, not abstract, but you know, with that kind of like you make your own meaning with it. Mm. I guess and something that stands out, like you said, the yeah. colours and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It really does. It's so important as well when we're you know, advertising online to have that that big graphic. Um, look as soon as you get it absolutely yeah, really i do judge it. books by the cover sometimes. yeah, yeah I'll be honest. we all do we do even <laughs> as um librarians we do don't we it's the, they say not to but you do you do yeah. you do yeah. <laughs> so now in the book um you write about your early childhood um in iran in the late um or in the 1980s sorry just after the revolution and during the war with iraq and um, what a turbulent and, and frightening time it would have been. And um, in one of the essays, which I found so powerful, you recount the story of your your parents being arrested at at what really seemed like a pretty innocent gathering party, but it was with men and women, and there was a bit of alcohol <laughs> involved, wasn't there, um, and dancing. But um, the, the shocking scenes that you describe where you your dad and your uncle um, and some of the women involved I think were had um, were punished um, quite brutally for that so that must have been awful yeah yeah I mean it's a it's a shocking story and so basically at that time it was just at the the turn of the regime change that so was the, mo- the most restrictive time um, and then you had the war on top of that mm. so it was um, it, it was illegal to have obviously alcohol because it was an Islamic Republic but also really arbitrary rules like men and women couldn't mix mm. um, so people would find but people always find ways so that yeah. you know, people would have underground parties and this was one such case they even went out of town a little bit like like say you would go to Hamilton yeah, <laughs> to sure. get out of the big city because the other issue is sometimes you know you, you don't know who your neighbours are, someone might rate you out. And that's, mm. I think, part of the the um, challenges. And unfortunately, someone did rat them out. But oh. they were all a bunch of 
you know, people in their late 20s. I was there as a kid. My baby sister was there. Sure. There was, like, older people, like, grandparents. Mm. So it was, it was more like a family gathering. It wasn't, yeah. like, an, an intense rave or something. Yeah, um, yeah. Not to say that's bad. Yeah. But, um, so I think that, that adds to the shock. Um, and, yeah, and someone... Um, um, ratted them out to the authorities mm. and they came and they were arrested as a result and what is shocking and, and, I, and it shouldn't be but it is that um, they still and they still have today they have um, certain punishments that go back to you know 6th, 7th century mm. it's very barbaric mm. and, and, and it was a way to deter future criminal in quotation marks mm. activity and I think that's the initial um, thing behind it, and I guess it works in some ways. You know, they still, you mm. know, Iran is, has one of the highest um, rates of executions to this day mm. behind, I think, China. It's probably. Right. Um, and, and yeah, it's just, it's very barbaric, but then people will always adapt and find a way yeah. and fight it in their own ways. And that's kind of what I wanted to show. Um, Absolutely. Yes. I think you did. I mean, that's, that's the case, isn't it? Life wants to happen. Yeah. Regardless, and we want to be social, and yeah, and the risk is kind of worth it in so yes. many ways um, yeah the, the risk is so high of course yeah it? exactly but mm. i think even i mean not to compare it completely but even during lockdown and what we're all going through this year it's mm. just amazing how quickly people adapt and find ways mm. to deal with it um and and in some small way i think that's what my parents and, and their friends kind of had to do you find a way to adapt mm. um obviously challenge it because it's, it's it's a bit more um complex and lockdown um but yeah and i guess for them it was just part of the norm and 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 a thing to deal with and challenge and and still enjoy life when you can yeah yeah absolutely it's human nature isn't it Mm. and um so sometime after this so it's about the mid-1980s i I think um many iranians were leaving their country and um, you came to new zealand with your family and you were six years old I yes. seem to remember from the book. And your parents were, were skilled migrants, so they, they were able to get working visas. Um, but, do you know, they must have wondered what had hit them when they arrived <laughs> in New Zealand in the mid-'80s. <laughs> um, at the bottom of the world, and it must have just been such a shock for yeah. them. I think it was, um, especially for them, because they come from Tehran, which is the, the capital city. Yes, and it's um, a big city. It's a big, it's a big city. Big, big and country. Yeah. yeah, and just little things that you wouldn't think about, I think, um, really shocked my parents. You know, apart from the visual look of the place, you know, yeah. we didn't really have apartments back yeah. then. Everything mm. shuts on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my mum my actually remembers how you know how casual everyone was just in their dress you know oh. both her and my, da- my dad would shop to work in a suit my mum was wearing mm. like full on makeup got her hair done and then she realised oh no that's not what people do here and she was just like <laughs> oh. where are we <laughs> yeah. Yeah. what is happening but yeah. again like it's been now 30 years and they've both definitely t- taken on some um, Kiwi cultural mm. things and, and you know my mum loves nothing more than walking on the beach and mm. having her flat white um, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so I guess once again you adapt exactly. somehow don't you exactly yes yeah. and it's a lot easier for some than others like I wanted to point out that we you know we came as as um, migrants on a tourist visa but mm-hmm. we did have a lot of friends who at the time had to come through as refugees or asylum yes. seekers so it's not always the same for everyone yeah yeah Different, yeah. different experiences. Exactly. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Um, and you you started straight in at school in your local primary, and um, and you you let us know in the book a little bit about the challenges of that, um, trying to cope with, you know, going to school mm. in a Kiwi landscape, new language. New yeah. customs, new ways of learning. Yeah, it's funny you don't think about the language and how important that is, but I literally didn't know any English except hello and one, two, three, mm. um, which is ironic because I hate maths. <laughs> <laughs> but going to school, I mean, it was good because I was so young so I could learn quickly, yeah. mm. but it was also really hard because at that time I don't think many people were used to people who didn't speak English or from certain countries. And so... Um, in my case, a lot of the other students actually helped me, but it was uh, one teacher in particular, and even through high school, it was, there was another teacher who were not so um, nice about it, and that mm. was quite shocking. And I'm hoping that's not the case anymore. Yeah. Um, oh boy, we really hope. Yeah, and again, that was just one experience. Not, I'm sure some other people yeah. had perfectly good ones. But mm. we were talking about it a little bit earlier, weren't we, Alison? And saying, you know, it's amazing how long that sort of um, attitude can can persist. Um, my own grandparents came here in the early 50s um, from Holland, and the kids only spoke Dutch when they went to school, and you know, got slaps on the wrist from the from the nuns mm. for speaking oh, wow. Dutch in the classroom. And then, you know, finding, okay, probably the ruler was not around yeah. <laughs> in the 80s, I hope. No, thank but, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But still finding that sort of same attitude about, um, you know, how we should be yeah. in New Zealand. And mm. then one part that really touched my heart and I felt so sad, um, a seemingly perhaps innocent or... Um, exercise that you were asked to do which was to do your family tree <laughs> and um, it was just heartbreaking and that so all the kids came back to school with their Scottish and English and Irish roots <laughs> and that how you you wished that maybe you you could have some of those as well and do you know um, it that really made me stop and think I just sat there and I thought um, I wonder in my own work in the library Am I doing anything that's actually excluding, really exclusionary like mm. that? And I think we can all learn. For, it sort of makes you reflect back on your own actions or, or practice. Yeah, that's really that's interesting story. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, so what I did later, like even just this year, I sent off for that ancestry DNA oh, test. Oh, yes. Mm. Um, and, and obviously I knew it'd be Iranian, like the majority of the percentage mm. would be Iranian, but it was shocking to get back 100% Iranian, mm. um, which was funny because my mum, so the story went, I came home, I was really upset that I didn't have a quarter Irish, quarter Scottish, mm. and I would ask my mum, you know, how much are we? She's like, we're not, we're just Persian. Mm. And I was like, no, but that can't be it. She's oh. like, no, it is. I'm like, but, but way back, way back, did we have like, <laughs> Irish and Scottish. She's like, no, we're one of the oldest civilizations in the world. I'm like, that's not, that's not good enough. And oh. then, so when I did the um, ancestry test and I sent it back to her, she just replied with, "Yeah, I told you." Um, <laughs> but just recently, actually, a month ago, I got an update, and they said, "Oh, we also found that you have a bit of Turkish." Oh. So I think it's, it's. I know part of the reason must be that they just need more data from those areas. Oh, yes. So I assume that's um, that's part of it, and that's why it's interesting. It's like, yes, if we can kind of expand our, our research into, yes. into these kind of areas too. So if you, if you know, a friend did the same test and she's from um, Gujarat in India, but they oh, gave yeah. her like very specific areas of India that uh, she was oh. from. 
So I think it's that's part of the the problem. Oh, I see. The, the data and, they have to pull from. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And it's good that they update you too, yeah. isn't it? That's yeah, because I know those tests are expensive. So it's good that you get sort of follow up <laughs> yeah. customer care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and. Um, you talk um, now, or in the book, um, it almost felt a bit like a transition that you firstly were talking about living in between worlds and then, um, you know, so where you felt not quite Iranian and then not quite Kiwi, um, whatever Kiwi is, of course, um, and then um, it morphs into sort of being a hyphenated Iranian New Zealand New Zealander. And then later in the book you talk... Um, about this concept of a symbiotic relationship um, where your Iranian and your Kiwi strands are sort of woven together. I really liked that. And it, it mm. made me think about, like, the DNA helix. Yeah, yeah. I actually took that from Rose Lou's book. Oh, um, that's right. Those Who Live on Islands, oh, yeah. Yes. 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 And that's exactly the image I had when I read that sentence. So this DNA kind of just kind of um, woven together and just the idea of... of Two things growing yeah. together, but in, in harmony, which I thought was a really nice visual. Yeah, yeah, yes. I think you did a beautiful job in the book of um, balancing um, so many different aspects of your own identity and of your family's identity. You know, um, we have the stories in the book of um, of Iran and your family's experiences in Iran. The, um, your and your family's experiences here in New Zealand, and then we get these um, kind of almost quintessentially. Kiwi um, yeah. stories about mm. um, well meeting Prince William in the club. Oh, Love that story a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah, I think you're really I'm deft about balancing um, all the different aspects of your life and mm. um, and how being Iranian New Zealand has enriched your life and and yeah because I think there probably are we were talking a little bit about um, how I think there's a, a massive appetite in New Zealand a rising appetite for hearing. Um, different New Zealand stories. Mm. And I think mm. you really nailed it. Oh, thank you very yeah. much. Thank mm. you. And um, it, yeah, and it enriches our, your experiences and stories enriches, I think, our whole conversation and our whole experience, mm. doesn't it? Yeah, and, absolutely. And what's yeah. been nice is, um, you know, originally when I wrote it, I thought I'd be writing it for people like myself who are third culture kids or, or mm. you know, grew up as. Um, with immigrant parents but actually a lot of my friends have given the book to their parents to read which I did not expect so mm. that's been quite nice that um, you know the, the the parents who are probably people who are going into retirement now will be interested mm. in these kind of stories so that was really nice to hear that yeah oh that's that's Absolutely. so good isn't yeah. it yeah because um, I know that um, it was sort of oh it's excruciating and I felt so sad too that when people had a- would ask you things at school like where are you from <laughs> and then no but where are you really yeah from? I still get remember. that <laughs> oh, do you? yeah I had there's a couple of kids in my class all through school that used to get that as well mm. and um and I mean that's a long long time ago but um yeah that's something that I don't know that people learn that that's kind of not okay. <laughs> I think it depends on the context. I don't mm. mind it so much because some people are just curious, and, and I, I yeah. even know sometimes it's just dependent on what the, what the context is or what their reasons for it. Yeah. And I know some people hate it fully; they will yeah. refuse to answer that. But mm. for me, I think maybe it's just curiosity um, about it, and and you know, it's all dependent on what their response is. Then, yeah. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, that's that's true. Actually, this. 
nuances, aren't there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, We loved reading about how you um, adapted some of the Iranian customs (laughs) to the um, Kiwi reality. (laughs) And the one about... um, is it at the last Wednesday? It's in spring, isn't it? The last Wednesday um, before Nowruz, is it? How yes, Nowruz. Nowruz, yeah, sorry. So it's, yeah. yeah, and people traditionally jump over fi- a fire, or is it three? I think it's three fires. Three fires, yeah. yeah. So it's um, called Choshan Basuri, which is, um, yeah, the Wednesday before. And it has um, origins in the Zoroastrian Zoroastrianism oh, yes, as well. That's right, yeah. Um, and then obviously, it's because it, that's the whole thing with with. Iran today, it's just a lot of areas are blending in, you know, yeah. old traditions with Islamic traditions. Mm. Um, and so Noru's was, again, or, originated with Zoroastrianism, but also just Persian, ancient Persian traditions. Mm. And so this was one of the um, traditions that kind of has stayed alive because people just enjoy it. And it's this idea of jumping over fire to get rid of ills or negativity mm. that you collected over the year. Mm. Um, and that the fire, and obviously the fire being a huge symbol of Zoroastrianism, right. kind of helps take that away. Right. <laughs> yeah. really nice. We need a bit of that this year, don't we? Yeah, we do. We need a bonfire. Yeah, we do. We need a bit of jump high. Yeah. <laughs> but I loved how um, you adapted it, and so do you jump over the, your phone, you know, the app <laughs> on your phone. Yeah, because you can't have open fires, we learn. <laughs> in the backyard, yeah. Yes, oh dear. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you talk about um, micro aggressions and then the flat out race you know full on racism um experienced in New Zealand and yet um you know I think we New Zealanders and I put myself in this category too to my shame um that we sort of delude ourselves into thinking that we value equality above all else um and then of course 15th of March Mm. happened um and you know I have to be honest here, and I was so naive because I, th- I thought it could never happen here. But um, you know, I think people were sort of blissfully ignorant or willfully ignorant, um, and we've really had to to face mm. some hard truths, haven't we? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't, I don't um, think it's just New Zealand and New Zealanders. You know, you see what's happening in the US, for example. People oh. are still shocked about that. And that's yes. even more surprising considering their history. Yeah. Their recent history, I should say. Yeah. Um, and in saying that, we also have our own dark history that's still happening yes. with, um, you know, with, with the way that Tangata Whenua has been treated. So mm-hmm. I think it, it, it shouldn't be shocking. But I think the act was so shocking that we couldn't relate to it. We couldn't just react in any other way. And I was the same. Um, yeah. I think the violence and, and just the targeting of a very specific community, mm-hmm. you know, and, and just things like gun violence, we just don't yeah. thankfully see that much here. So yeah. I guess that part of it mm. was, was part of it. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. And then you've got the amazing, that beautiful man, um, Farid Ahmed, who, mm. and he's, he wants forgiveness. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah, and he's really advocating for that. And I just, what an incredible person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it was amazing to see the conversations happening afterwards and the support and love. But then at the same time, now a year later, and and I kind of briefly look at this in the book, it was quite shocking to see that some people still kind of reverted back to oh, oh. are we over are we not over this or mm. you know like they just completely mm. forgot what had actually happened and the magnitude of it mm. um, and that was quite shocking that yeah it's just kind of like 
brushing on the carpet again. And you're yeah. Like, that that yeah. can't happen. That, Compartmentalising. You know, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And, um, and I would have hoped that it would change things for everyone, mm. but it does seem as though there was a core of people that, can we be done with this? You know, exactly. whereas I mm. sort of think we can never be be done with it. Exactly, yeah. You and know, you really get to see the, the, the scope of the human mm. psyche, I guess, and, 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 and that. Yes. yes. This is true. Um, one way that you um, you dealt with that and tried to help present um, different views of the Muslim uh, community was to direct um, a short series, a series of short documentaries about Muslim New Zealanders for Radio New Zealand called This Is Us. And for our listeners, I highly, highly recommend that yep. you check these out. They're absolutely beautifully done. Um, six documentaries yes. and yeah. around two, three minutes each. Um, thank you. Yeah, I mean, part of the beauty was my um, cinematographer, Kelly Chen, who's amazing. Um, it was an all-woman crew, which was yes. really fun. We um, noticed that. Yeah. We loved that. <laughs> it was yeah. good fun. And it was a very small crew. Um, and we had advice, our executive producer was Shuchi Kathari, who came up with the initial premise and encouraged me to apply. Um, so having her kind of mentor the process and the ideas was great because she's done something similar previously. Um, and then a really, I had a really good researcher, Sarah Shirazi, who's um, part Iranian herself. Mm. And so she was my lead researcher. She went out and tried to find and, and did find a lot of amazing people. And um, unfortunately, we had to keep it to Auckland and Waikato um, mm. due to budget. But originally, we wanted to go around the country. Maybe yeah. in the future, that yeah, could be, could a be thing. another series, yeah. right? Yeah, I was really um, impressed with the different stories that we got. And, you know, from so many different people who'd come from so many different countries, so many different backgrounds. Mm. Yeah, it was, it was really cool to meet people and just, and, you know, and, and learn more about them and, and, and to be invited into their. Um, world and their mm. and their life was quite a privilege. Mm. Yeah, I must admit I um, learnt so much from Radio New Zealand ar- around mm. the anniversary time. They, d- I think they did a wonderful job. Um, there's so many stories and yeah, it was it it was really something. Yeah, I'm very grateful for that. I agree. They had yeah. the um, virtual reality flower living wall that's right yeah. um, and then a and a podcast and photography series about the widows of shaheed mm. who went to who got to go to mecca mm. um from i think it was the gift from the king no i don't know yes. from, from it was a gift from saudi arabia and right. they were able to go oh. visit mecca um so and and this crew followed them um which was really really good to see and it was mm. really great to have the support of Radio New Zealand not just for the stories but the people telling the stories they're really keen to get people from that community or um, you, you know people who, who are passionate about that community to, mm. to tell these stories which was really good of them mm. yeah no at least it's wonderful if something positive can, can exactly. come out of something mm. so awful isn't it yeah and um, speaking of awfulness there's a really powerful page in the in the book and it just i was gobsmacked when i i read it but the way you you did it i thought was so powerful and you just list it's a list and i think it's about 20 19 Mm -hmm. or 20 um terror attacks that worldwide um on the muslim community that happened in the same year so they were just after March. Yeah, they, they weren't all on the Muslim community. It was just terror attacks in general. Oh, okay. But I mean, there were also, you know, the ones in America yes. um, and in Europe, but also places like Somalia and Pakistan, yeah. which mm. sadly are a daily occurrence. So there are actually a lot more in those places, but mm. I just didn't 
add them because it's just quite, right. I mean, it was just shocking to have that. But thank you. Yeah, I I didn't really, I think I just left it as a list because I just yeah. didn't know what to say. It was and quite, you know. Yeah, yeah. and I liked very powerful how you did that. Oh, okay. did that. I mean, so just there was no the comment. Dates, you know, you seeing yeah. one a week, one every two weeks, but then to hear you say that there actually were so many. So many, yeah. More that uh, not even on our radar here in New Zealand. Yeah. yeah, I mean, one good thing about coronavirus was when I kept checking back. There weren't any, which was quite nice to see. Right. Oh, everyone locked down there. Everyone locked yeah. down. Um, but it was, I mean, I shouldn't laugh about it, no. but it was, it was shocking, yeah, that just within a year you still get that many um, horrific attacks around the world. So. Yes. Oh, yeah. But that, yeah, that was so, so powerful. Um, you also talk about, um, this was really interesting too, about some of the popular culture um films um that we've we've known quite well um but how problematic they are so things like the indiana jones <laughs> films and uh, you know with the sort of white savior i'm waving my hands around um and then equally so the one um with sally field and that um, not without my daughter from the early 90s um and it's almost like um Gee, I hope this is changing, but it's almost like people from the Middle East are portrayed as in a very one-dimensional way, aren't they? Yeah, and, and that, especially in the 80s and 90s, I think, mm. was quite prominent. Um, and then they've moved, I think, now onto Russians. So it's just this oh. constant mm. stereotyping of people as the baddies, where, you know, where the American hero is the American hero. Yes. Um, and it's, it's, you know, partly a reflection of the times. Um, so with Not Without My Daughter, it was just after the Gulf, or well, during the Gulf War, and it was during this really hateful time in America, there was a lot of anti-Iranian resentment due to the hostage situation mm. a few years prior. Um, but I think also it was just, you know, it was Alfred Molina, for example, playing um, oh, yes. the Persian oh. yeah. and as good as he oh. is <laughs> it was quite problematic and just the yeah. whole thing was very anti-Muslim as well it was very yeah. um, mm. it was just very much showing Iranians a really bad light and this kind of occurred again a little bit in Ben Affleck's Argo mm-hmm. um, oh, yes. and I think part of the problem is they just it's just what people have seen previously and so they just assume this is how it is and that's the the harm of stereotypes I think negative mm. stereotypes in particular mm. Mm. Um, and so I think that's why it's important to have representation and you know as, as a writer or in, in behind the scenes it's just as important yes. as on screen and Absolutely. I think I keep banging on about it but I think that's for me where it comes from is, is seeing these images and these harmful narratives constantly through my youth and getting angry with mm. them and thinking okay we need to start making changes and I think we are I think we are definitely starting to make changes and even Hollywood is starting to do it which is fantastic because Hollywood is the global cinema yeah so it does have an influence on um on what we see and, th- and sometimes even think yeah. Did I read recently that the Oscars have just put in an inclusion policy in re- relation to the best picture category? Yeah, yeah, and I know a lot of people have issues with that, but I, think oh, I haven't read into it yet, but it sounds time. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. No, you know, in, in 82 maybe. years, it's about time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And because even, um, as you were saying about Alfred Molina mm. playing a, um, a Persian man, Hollywood still can't do that properly. Like, they, they'll never have a gay man play a gay man you know Mm. they can't even Mm. do that it always has to be some you know someone good looking straight white (laughs) man that everyone knows you know it just 
And that own voice and own experience. Yeah. Or just go for something different. Like I read recently, Idris Elba was in the running for James Bond. Oh, yes. But it was oh, yes. Ian, Ian Fleming, right? Who, yes. He said he was too street. Wow. <laughs> in oh. quotation marks. Wow. Which yes. I'll leave it up to our um, listeners to, yeah. to take from that. But yeah, so again, we, we do have a way to go, but I, I'm glad things are changing. I can see it in the New Zealand industry um, from a personal experience. Um, I've been um, working on Shortland Street as just a, a minor character as a detective. Mm. Um, oh, yes. <laughs> shameless plug. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, you know, there's been sometimes, there's been some a few scenes where it's all just people of colour in that one scene, which has been fantastic. Yeah. And they're really pushing for that, which is really good to see. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, go Shortland Street. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> now, um, I do want to um, say before we, we go that um, I want to mention that Kazale um, is going to be appearing at a couple of festivals coming up. Um, so you've got Word in Christchurch yes. 29th of October through to the 1st of November yes. and then you'll be at Verb in, in Wellington um, between the 6th and 8th of November so um, to our listeners, um, get along if you can and um, online as well right, some of them? Um, I'm not sure. I think I think there might be online. Yeah. Mm. Oh, great! Mm. <laughs> yeah, it'll be exciting. Yeah, good luck. It's a lot guys. of local authors. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. They'll they'll be fantastic, actually. And um, this book is such a valuable addition to our our cultural conversation um, that we're having at the moment. So I, I really want to thank you for having the courage to to write it. Thank you so much. And um, thanks for, for being here with us. We really appreciate it. Thanks so for having me. It's lovely. Thank you so much. It's been great. And thanks, listeners. Um, until next time, happy reading. Haerera, kakite anu. This program was brought to you by Auckland Libraries. Find us online at aucklandlibraries.govt.nz and catch the program next Sunday at 9.35pm on 104.6 FM or anytime online at planetaudio.org.nz slash books and beyond. Every day, every day, every day, every day, every day.